Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddling Fit with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything with tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddling Fin. We'll give you just a minute here before we get started. Like, and share, like and share. Yeah, like and share. Uh, how, how you doing, brother? I'm tired. How about you? Yeah, you you've been working hard, huh? No, it was the long vacation. At a lot of driving. Mm. It's, like, it's always working hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to come back. Hey, Todd. And uh, so tonight, the couple of people that we're going to have on, uh, y'all already seen it. And if you have any questions, if you were there, uh, please ask those questions, like and share. If the uh, yeah, just share it away. If you got anything bad to say about them, I'd like to see that too. Let's let them. Yeah, let's let's talk smack. That's always fun. No, don't do that. Nah, bring it. Come okay, on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's right. So without further ado, uh, we have the two winners from the KBF Northeast Region Tournament on Lake George up in New York. We have Saturday's winner, Brian Matt, uh, Matalevich. There you go. There he is. And uh, Sunday's winner, Mike Morcone. What's up? What's up, gentlemen? What's up? How y'all doing? What's going guys? on? Good, good. Good. Oh, Lord. We already got Mr. Dark Waters himself in here. Who didn't use a drop shot? I did. I would uh, if I was up there. That'd probably be the only thing I could catch fish on. That's all I brought. Uh, like, not all I brought. Pre-fishing, we tried everything, and by day two, I, I was like, I brought an extra rod just in case. I had three drop shot rods. wasn't even thinking about using anything else. You know, it was it was, it was pretty much all I got them on. I, I couldn't make anything else work. You know, is that a big like, clear fishery up there? Oh, Crystal super clear. clear. Yeah. yeah, you can see like rocks down like 15, 20 feet in certain yeah. spots, you know, it was super like chin clear, you know. We've got a lake down here that gets like that, but he is probably like 10 foot visibility. I don't only got to fish like that once. I'd like to fish some more stuff like that just to figure it mm -hmm. out. Jim Strunk, he's had some good events lately. And Catherine Fields, Catherine she's everywhere. She's everywhere in the country all at one time. All right, so, so we'll start with you, Mike. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So for anybody that doesn't know yet and how you got into kayak fishing. Well, I'm sure not too many people know me yet. Um, 
uh, got into kayak fishing. You know, I fished my whole life. Started when I was, I mean, like two years old. You know, my father tournament fished. Um, just always loved fishing, love hunting, love all that. And, uh, you know, I kind of have too many hobbies probably. So ironically, when I had a little kid, um, you know, I used to always go to the Cape. I'd be on the ocean doing hunting trips, doing, I mean, everything, you know. And uh, it was kind of like when I had a kid that it, I joined Any Bassin, which is a local club. Um, like we were talking a little before, you know, saying, uh, you know, guys like Brundle, guys like Kona. I mean, tons, tons of local guys, good guys came out of there that are fishing KBF. Um, you know, I started with them uh, just because I didn't really have time to do all the travel, all that. And really what got me into it is uh, a lot of the Greg Blanchard videos. You know, I'd see them on uh, YouTube and I was like, I was never into the kayak thing. And I was like, that looks like a lot of fun, you know? And uh, I was like, I think I can win some of those maybe, you know, it's, I've fished my whole life. I, I, I love fishing. It's used to be like all I did, you know? And um, ironically having a kid, you know, kind of gave me less time to do all the other wild stuff. And that's where I, I dove into this a little bit. So. And how, how old's your kid? He's a three-year-old now. So he, he came, uh, you know, we had an adventure with him. He came early. Um, so it was super touch and go for a while. You know, he's in the NICU for almost two months and on oxygen when he came home. I mean, it was crazy. And if you saw him now, like you would never know, you know. So so things got a little hairy for a while there and it was a little touch and go, um, you know. But but as things normalized, you know, we got to do some of this. And that, that was kind of like, honestly, it was a bit of stressful time. So it was kind of like an outlet, go out and compete a little bit, like yeah, just yeah. release a little bit, you know. And uh, yeah. um, But a lot of it was like stuff like this too, like shows and, you know, now we're getting podcasts and the YouTube. And it was like, man, that just looks cool. Like I, I never really uh, spent much time, you know, I didn't really, really even hear about KBF till some of those shows and, and all that other stuff. So the exposure is awesome. I mean, it's getting guys like myself and I'm sure a lot of other guys into it. And now I love it. I mean, I can't imagine not doing it. You know, it's a blast. I would love to see a graphic of how many people Greg Blanchard has actually like brought into kayak fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't. He, he just got, like uh, speaking of KBF, he just got third in the super trail this weekend out on a uh, clear Lake. Russ yeah, he got on it. Third day one day two and overall. Wow. Yeah, he's, not, not only is a YouTube and we've had him on, but he's exactly the same guy. Great guy can fish. And you know, how many people like you just said, how many people is he influenced? He's, he's done a lot for our sport. I mean, yeah, like, definitely. like you were just saying, like, I literally didn't know anything about KBF until I watched his stuff. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. And it just like, I, it's something about, I don't even know what's different about his stuff. You know, it's yeah. just like, it just keeps it simple and it's like more pure, I guess. And, he just seems like, I I don't know. There's just something about it that just works, you know? And it's, uh, I mean, good editing and all that. Some of the videos you watch, like, you don't really know what they're putting together, you know? But it's... Uh, no, his isn't forced. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's yeah. the good and the bad. Yeah. I, I think yeah. a lot of people miss that, you know? Because yeah. we, we all go out there and slay them every time. There's just as no. many bad days usually as there are good. Yeah. yeah. No, I've had some bad events for sure, so, Amen. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and where, where, where do you live? Uh, I live in uh, Grafton, Massachusetts. So it's central mass, uh, probably like half an hour outside of Boston, maybe a little more. Okay. Yep. And uh, what, what, what kind of boat are you out of? That's something we like to ask everybody. So I was in a tight, so I did the Susquehanna event in a Titan and between wow. now and then I bought a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, 
Yeah. That's all you got to say. And uh, yeah, between uh, then and now, I bought a sportsman with the autopilot, um, which I'll tell you right now, played a huge part in what happened this weekend. Um, You really can't, with that spot lock, like being in deep water and um, especially the wind, like the waves and how nasty it was. Like, I just could not have done that in a pedal drive. I, re- I really don't think so. You know, well, go ahead. I mean, and maybe out, man. I'm sure they want to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I well, can't yeah, think anybody's but, got any top spots in their boats. I'm oh sure. my God. I, that's, uh, I'm telling you, the thing's awesome too. Like I really, I mean, I'm not sponsored nothing, you know, I just like that. It's an awesome boat. It, it, it really did help me. And I, I think, I mean, Ryan, don't you, you have one too, or. Or, yep, yeah, same boat. Yeah. Wow. So, so big day for them, I guess. <laughs> free, free advertising. There you go. What, so. what, what size batteries are you all using with the wind? Where you running out? I, I know that's a question I see a lot on online forums, and I'm getting into the motor part too. Uh, but I, like for a full day with the wind, trying to stay on a spot with spot lock, what what kind of battery are you using? I'm literally running with the uh, the amped outdoors battery. I have the hundred amp hour and hundred. I, I burned, man. I'll tell you, you you have to try real, real hard to kill that battery. I, I, I must have ran 10 miles just looking for individual fish and never, ever, ever had if I run out of juice. Just runs all day. I have the same, same setup. Yep, same thing. And I, I was shocked. I mean, it's there's a meter that you can push. I don't know how accurate it is. Um, but there would be times like the end of the day, it would say, and I'd run it all day, you know, with spot lock. So it was on like some speed. And then, you know, I wasn't making long runs cause I had a certain area I was in, but I was still moving around quite a bit, you know, from hump to hump. And, uh, like the end of the day, it'd be like 50% uh, according to that meter. Um, so I never even came close to burning it out. And, uh, um, you know, I, t- you guys know, probably Conan, um, friend of Brundles and both, Super good, yeah. I was talking to them at the campsite because I think Brundle maybe sponsored with uh, Amped or whatever. And um, Conan was saying he ran it for two full days, like two full tournaments, like running it and never burned it out. So I mean, and you know, for for the price, it's a great little battery, you know. So yeah, the sure. the lithiums they like I'm electrician or whatever, like so this kind of stuff like nerds me out. But like the the output and the like I'm trying not to do this too nerdy where I just like lose everybody, <laughs> but the output versus like the resistance values that they can handle and just everything is so impressive. Like I ran, I run a bio, you know, hundred amp hour and I ran it against current. Like I wish I knew how, I mean, it was flowing. We're talking like a 30 foot wide river flowing uh 970 CFS all day. And I ran it. I never took that thing off full speed unless I was using it kind of like spot lock to hold. And when I got back, I just put a multimeter on it and it had dropped one volt over seven hours. That's crazy. It really and for anybody that's listening, that doesn't know why you should go lithium just really quick, a lithium battery. So if you use like a lead acid battery, as it drains down, <clears> you lose power. A lithium battery will give you 100% of its power output until it turns off. Not to mention weighs like 25 pounds too. That's so it's like, like yeah. I could care less about the other facts. The weight. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're expensive, you know, but it, it really, like if you're going to do it all the time and it, it really is worth its weight in gold, like it's, it's just, I mean, the, the power is unreal. Like I was just shocked because I'm relatively new with it. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if the meter is that accurate and I'm out there. I'm like, 
the last thing I want to do is pedal back where I'm, where I am. And like the waves, like really, I, I can't like, I, you know, explain to you well enough how nasty it kind of got. I mean, there was water coming over the front draining out and um, it definitely got pretty sketchy at times. Um, and I'm just like, please don't die. And I mean, never did it even get close, you know, I mean, it, it uh, so it's pretty impressive, you know, it's, it's awesome technology. So, and it helps. So. Yeah. And it's All only right, better. Uh, yeah. How about you, bud? Tell us about yeah. Yeah, I saw a question in there real quick. A question there with Josh uh, Smith. My dad did fish with us, so just to answer that real quick. But, um, yeah, going back to the same thing, getting kayak fishing two years ago um, is when I first started. I ended up getting a Hobie Pro Angler 14. Uh, my dad got, and I got him kind of at the same time. And then we just got him to be fun. Honestly, we had no idea about the tournament aspect of it or anything. We just were on the Susquehanna River in like, northeast Pennsylvania. We just thought it would be fun just to have them and kind of we thought kind of kick around the idea of getting a boat and decide the kayaks would be kind of cool we had the little or smaller type like you know like the typical creek kayaks and uh, so we ended up doing that and then two years ago we ended up going down to kentucky and fished the hobie open on the kentucky lake um zero showing man i went out there i have no idea never to fish a tournament in my life when i just we had to do we struggled trying to find something and uh kind of got the itch there we ended up going fishing the hobie uh event then also in um lake st Clair, and it was just a lot of travel a lot of different stuff and then we ended up getting in last year into the kbf we fished the whole trail and um had a lot of fun doing that and then this year i made a a, a change i had i got rid of that hobie that's when i transitioned and got that old town autopilot and man i'll tell you that boat is just incredible i have it set up with 100 amp hour lithium battery from um amped outdoors and in the back i actually wired in because I, I run a garmin live scope too which was also critical in the in the success of me actually finding them fish um and i have an actual backup 60 amp hour um i'm sponsored with with them as well with amped outdoors so they take care of me i had a backup switch <laughs> that they, he told me i was crazy when i was when i was trying to set this up too and i absolutely don't need it but i had this one of this i'm like all right man i'm running a 12 inch graph you know i have the, the the live scope box all this stuff and i'm just petrified of this and uh never has anything ever died and um, I think one, once I, I, I forgot to charge the battery and it ended up dying and I just kick a little breaker switch and it runs back to the 60 and then I'm good to go. So I can literally never have any kind of battery concerns while I'm out there. So, um, that, yeah, it's just an incredible boat. I've been wanting to get, I have a 30 and a 100. I've been debating on getting like a 50 or 60 as like a secondary battery just to be like you said. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's like he, like Mike mentioned, it's not a terrible idea. And I'll tell you, if, I, if my battery died out there, I might have just like, like just jumped out of the boat and floated back to shore, you know, because I was, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way I was, I wasn't paddling that thing. And to be completely yeah. honest, in the Susquehanna event, I lost my, my, my paddle. And I actually went you know, out, I, did, and did, I, did, I, did, I didn't even bring a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I swear to you, I jumped out of the boat in the, the the day I got 11th. I jumped right out, tied. I took a um, a rod leash, tied it around my waist, and just started walking up the river. I saw all the jet boats up there. I'm like, all right, this is where I need to be, and I can't get up there. And then, like, towards the end of the day, I look back. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have a paddle. And they yeah. literally had a sign warning about sewage. So I was like, I'm literally up the <laughs> creek without a paddle. I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> I'm like, how am I gonna get, how am I gonna get out of here? You know, and it was it was kind of crazy, you know. But um, but that's funny. You lost yours too. That 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 event was crazy. Yeah, that that, no, uh, that, that was nuts. And I'll tell you that the Hobie yeah. one was even worse because you couldn't have a motor. So I I took uh, actually funny my mom's kayak, and I'm like, man, how am I gonna do this? She has a a ten foot 
old town, uh, the PDL. And I actually mounted on the front of her kayak, my power pole off my boat. So then I was fishing the dam down there and I just literally was sitting in the current with the power pole spike in the front, just thrown into the dam. And I ended up catching a lot of fish, a couple musky, and um, had a good finish just out of the money on, on both of those events. But man, it was, it, it, that was just a tough, tough time. I mean, you're, you're in like a foot of water, that whole event down there. And it's just like, it just beats you want to, you want to ruin a drive on a kayak, man. That's where you do it for sure. Yeah. All right. So who, so for everybody that hadn't been Lake George, including me and Jimmy, uh, can one of y'all kind of give us a layout, give us a rundown of the lake and, and what, what it's all about. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a clear water lake. It's a base that, but I've never even like known something like this existed. This water when I is, is like bath water. So you can see, look down. If it was like ice, and I talked to some ice fishermen up there, and uh, that, that were like real into it in the wintertime, they say when it freezes over, when you get that first glassy ice before like it gets all the chop and stuff in it, you can go out and see like lake trout in like 40, 50 foot. That's the visibility and drill a hole over top of them and drop down to them and catch them and pull them up through the ice. That's how kind of like what kind of clear water this is. I mean, it is that crystal awesome. clear. Yeah. Wow. I, I could see fish as they were coming up like 10 feet down puking like almost 10, 15 feet. You could see them like throwing up whatever they were, you know, they were just like gorging, you know, and it was like, but I mean that clear where you could see like little specks like 10 feet down, you know, and it was just like, I mean, you could see the fish like when it was calm, like a long way down when it was coming up, you know, and it, it, it kind of added an element too, where like, if you knew it was a good one, it was, definitely made it a little more tense and in the top like i don't know if you guys followed but i mean it was like super close both days like like yeah like under a couple inches like every in people with 15 inch fish to to get rid of you know so it was like anybody from like one to probably like eight or even ten had a like legitimate shot both days you know so it was like real tense like and uh you know so it's, it's a cool place I'll give all the the numbers here for so Saturday you run you won Ryan had ninety anglers you had eighty six and a half Derek Grundle got second with eighty five and three quarter Ryan Havlick and third with eighty five inches and Mike you had eighty four and a quarter so you were only two and a two and a half inches back and six so the weights were definitely the links were definitely stacked and on Sunday still had sixty two anglers which is a lot for. The Sunday KBF tournament seems like, and that's that's still a big number. Uh, Mike, you got first. The weights, the links went down just a little, eighty-three and a half. Ryan Havlick again, he got uh, third to first day, second to second, and he had eighty-two and three quarter. Matthew Zapala in third with eighty-two and a quarter, and then Ryan, uh, you were a little bit lower at twenty-first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, made, made made a couple bad decisions on the second day. That's for sure. Something that I noticed hey, going it's, over the it's okay. Something I noticed when I was going over the numbers is uh, you had a lot of anglers and a lot of fish caught, but each day only a third of the anglers limited out. So was it was it act you know pretty tough 
both I think the, I think the best way to explain that, and I, I think Michael agree, is um, it wasn't that the, the, the bite wasn't good. It was just that trying to get a bait in front of a fish in 30 foot of water with the water conditions with all the boaters and everything that was going on and, and trying to actually keep a bait still enough for a fish to eat it was just that was the challenge in itself you know and um the fish there's a lot of anglers beating the shoreline and i just i mean maybe some of them got fish i just wasn't seeing it and uh the people that were catching fish were looked loony you know they were like out in the middle of the ocean if you will just chilling in 30 the bass were 30 feet of water probably like um, sometimes they were in 30 feet of water and then other times they were in 30 feet of water and 50 foot of water, you know, I even yeah. caught some in 80 foot of water suspended up 30 feet. Wow. So what was, because we're talking about that and we already were talking about, you know, Mikey reason drop shot. What were you, if you want to talk about it? What no, abso absolutely. I'm not, I'm not shy, but it was hundred percent drop shot the entire time. I mean, I didn't, I didn't catch, no, I caught, I caught a fish on a, a couple of fish in the crankbait pre-fishing. I caught a large mouth, like a, a pretty good size, large mouth on a crankbait, but Basically, for the tournament, I switched 100% to smallmouth. I did. I didn't see side or tail of a, of a large mouth. It was all smallmouth, 100%. What was your What's your go-to setup for your drop shot? Like you were saying, fishing that deep and trying to keep it still. Yeah. Your, so 100%. I, I the, the the bass, the smaller bass, like kind of what I was catching on day two, um, all <laughs> seemed to be all seemed to be schooled up, and they were on points and just the traditional type stuff. Um, and I would, you, I, they were showing themselves pretty well. They were, they were basically uh, suspended up in the water. So I, I saw them on my graph. Um, day one, the reason I was able to really put it together is where I was fishing. I was literally targeting, car targeting out one individual fish on my live scope, like rolling around, just trolling. I'd see one fish and literally cast 30, 40 feet to that one fish. It would drop down. I'd sit there and play with him in 30 foot of water and he would just bite. And that, that was game on. And that's what killed me day two is I didn't make the adaptation and they actually were still in 30 foot of water, but they weren't out in 50 foot. They were up in 30 foot on the bottom. And uh, I found that out a little bit too late and it was too, too tough to kind of catch. When I had one good one on the second day, it was 18 plus for sure. Literally caught it, pulled it out of the water, jumped into the net. And I kind of went to do a fist pump. It jumped back out of the net, swam down <laughs> and pulled. Like when you tail hook carp, I don't know if you ever did that. It just kind of yeah. like, my whole, my school is just ripping. And that thing is like, no way, man, I'm not interested in this. And uh, he just dove to the bottom and it just thunk, it pulled drag for solid, probably 30 seconds. And then it just came what you're about. I'm out of here. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into this. So what's your, what's your setup? You know, rod, reel, uh, line, weight. Yeah. So I had a couple spinning rods and I kind of do this thing where I say, I'm only going to bring one or two rods. Cause I know this is the thing. And I end up with five to six rods in my boat anyway. Um, and don't throw half of them, but, uh, okay. Two two spinning <laughs> two spinning rods. I had my the primary one I was using was a Saint Croix uh, with a um, I, I, and I had a, Sh a Shimano Stratic reel on it. And I was basically running twenty pound braid, but I probably had like a thirty foot forty foot fluorocarbon leader on it, um, and I was running ten pound sniper on that. There you go. I yeah, love you, for that clear water, did you feel like you need to have a longer leader than normal? Honestly, I don't think the braid was even necessary because I just I just felt like it had to be straight fluorocarbon. And I don't really think you're getting the, the response from the braid because I had so much fluoro out there. Um, yeah. So it's probably just an unnecessary knot. You could probably spooled up with straight fluoro, but it's just kind of what I had on at the time. So I stuck with it. What what How heavy of a drop shot weight were you having to use? Um, I was using quarter rounds. Quarter, yeah. I don't think I've ever went any bigger than that. So No, I what's kind of your thought on the different that's one thing i've never figured out like the teardrop the cylindrical the ball 
Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily matters. Maybe people have, I don't really have a preference on it. I have a preference on tungsten versus lead because, I mean, not so much the sensibility, just for the size. I think the tungsten's a lot smaller. I had a lot of fish actually hitting that tungsten too, though. Um, they'd see it going down and like they were actually smacking it. And again, live scope and on the Garmin and the 12-inch graph, I could see everything that was going on, you know. Um, Dan, if you need to know, I did an episode on the Bass Fishing for Noobs about drop shot. And I talked about all of my experiments with those weights. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I, I was actually using the teardrop basically style is what I was what I was using in the quarter. It's, and... it's probably my favorite too. It just oh, seems right. I have the most yeah. the most success and the least problems with that one. Yeah. What do you use, Mike? Yeah. Um, similar setup. I mean, I, I actually like the high vis yellow. Um, so so I was dead sticking. Uh, first of all, for a rod, I had uh, E6X uh, seven medium and uh, big money. Um, I love, I'm like a finesse fanatic. I love finesse fishing. So I'd rather just like, if I'm going to really have one. And then I use the CI4 for the, the reel, um, yep. Shimano, which it, which I just, man, I reel. love that reel. It's awesome. Um, so I, I had 15 pound braid, uh, high vis yellow, which actually, not that you wouldn't have been able to see anyway, but that, that helped me a lot because there were, uh, so I tied a longer leader, but not as long as what Ryan did. I, I was probably more, you know, like 18 inches, something like that. Um, maybe a little longer, you know, give or take. Um, but there, I was like, like literally, I mean, I was dead stick, like trying, I was getting bites with the least amount of action possible. You know, it was like, like if I would just let it soak, I mean, even like five minutes at a time, which was hard to do. It was like, cause you get an attorney and you're trying to rush, you know, and you're, trying to be efficient, you know, and trying to make a lot of cat and like, whatever. So it's kind of counterintuitive to just slow yourself down and be like, all right. So the other issue, I was using quarter ounce, just like him. I switched to three eights on day two. Not sure if it made a difference. Cause I caught a ton of fish both days, like 20 plus both days, you know? Um, but you know, that hive is yellow. Like I would, I would to keep it on the bottom because of the waves and the chop. Plus I was drifting and, um, you know, all that it was, I, there was even times where I was just flipping the bail and watching the line. And when it was, I, I could see because the high vis would start to, you know, swim off. I would just flip the bail and just reel into them, not even hit them too hard. Um, you know, I was using same, same leader. I had 10 pound on, um, I was thinking of going lighter, you know, just with it being that clear. Uh, but I surprised I, to hear that from both of you that yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear everybody talk about six and no way I can't do well, that, man. I'm, I'm you, like yeah. a 12 guy. If you can get away, if you can get away with it, it's like, I just do not want to lose fish in a turn, but I was, you know, it was an idea that I, I, I was thinking about, you know, in practice, but I was getting quite, you know, I caught a couple 19s on the spot that I won the, uh, I, I fished that spot that I won for like an hour, uh, in practice. And I graphed so many fish caught two 19s and a 16 and I was like done, you know, I'm like, I, this is it, you know? And then I was just looking for plan B in case somebody else had that figured out. Um, Friday, Ryan probably tell you too, the wind was just like nuts. And so pre anyone that went up there Friday and tried to pre-fish probably had a nightmare of a time, you know? Um, I, if the tournament was Friday, I, I don't think we could have been offshore like that. I mean, it was blowing hard. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, but it, it would have been sketchy, you know? Um, so, you know, Friday I went out there super early before the wind picked up, didn't even drop a line and just graft, um, tried to mark all the humps. I was, you know, you could see on side imaging, there'd be spots where it was rocky. Um, 
you know, it's just kind of like, and you just mega schools of fish, like tons of bait, tons of fish. And like, I thought something Ryan said that was interesting in practice, everywhere I went, I was finding where I'd find these giant schools. I get a bunch of 13 inchers and then I'd find these subtle, you, you know, like little wolf packs. And that would always be, and usually closer to the bottom too. And that, that tended to be my bigger bites, you know, where those like those little more subtle, like off the main action, you know, and, and uh, definitely with like rocky bottoms. And then there was some grass where I was too, in like 30 feet of water there, you know, um, I was bringing it up on the drop shot and there, that's where I found a lot of large mouth, you know? So, um, but where I was had like everything mixed in. I mean, you catch rock bass, I, I had bluegill, large, large mouth, smallies. I mean, it was just like a lot of life there, you know, and it would was, it was just really you? found a great spot, you know, um, really. I, I went there two days. Like when you when you went for it, were you targeting smallmouth, kind of like Ryan was talking about, or were you just whatever gets on the end of it? So, yeah, well, it was it was a mix, like all along, like everywhere I went, I kind of caught both. To be honest yeah. with you, you know, like I saw a few guys on top that had strictly smallies, um, and I'm sure there were humps that you know. But wh where I was, it was just like mixed in, and a few other spots I tried were mixed. But I think the depth was like critical, you know. It's my my buddies are all in a, a gambling chat and they're all watching, making fun of me. <laughs> You're hot, Mike. Sorry, I don't know who Rebecca Alvarez is, but um, but yeah, no, that's kind of the truth though. With the with the the smallmouth, they were up on top, and I, that that's all I could find up there, and they were just they were just Roman, man. The big ones were Roman. I found schools and schools. And I, I like I said, I covered like five or five, four or five near me. Yeah. We can hear you. It's Mike. We, we can't hear him. Oh, we lost Mike's Mike. Yeah. Go ahead and get all the way um, out. Come back in Mike. There he goes. But yeah. So that was, that was a story up there. You know, it was just the, the small mouth were roaming around. The big ones were isolated by themselves and all the spots you would normally fish without electronics. You were just catching dinks and that was the case you know or not catching nothing um bunch of guys were fishing the same spot i fished and they they un unfortunately didn't have such a good day they were a bit like banging the bank and just doing traditional bass fishing type stuff you know it's it's just unnatural being out that deep trying to fish you know you're just if you have no electronics no screen it's just like you're out in an ocean just throwing your line you know what I, mean? like, I just don't know how anybody could do it do you think let's say you didn't have the live scope do you think you could have done it with any other um side? yeah i mean well honestly kbf still kind of permits like trolling um they're one of the only divisions that do it um that'd be really the only way you know is kind of dropping down like if you were to drop down like a, a downrigger for instance and get something that like a bait down that was the hardest thing they'd eat anything but like how do you effectively fish a bait in 30 foot of water and you can do it right you can talk about it but to fish a three inch bait in, in, in that deep water, you're going to put a, a tungsten heavy enough to get down there and it weighs, it, it's going to oversize and overpower the bait. Like it's twice the size of the bait. It's just not, not reasonable, you know? And, and that, I think that's kind of the, like Mike was saying here on Tennessee river, they, in the early summer, whenever they first get out on ledges and they get deep and things like that, it seems like they'll all be bunched up and they're, they're just getting out there. They're still dumb, but kind of, once the summer gets on a little bit further, it's the the smaller, like he was saying, wolf packs. Those are, yeah. or you said it, those are usually the bigger fish. They kind of get off those bigger groups and that they get a little bit smarter, you know, that they're, they're not was, always on the most obvious stuff. Yeah, it was strange, man, though. That spot, like 
I definitely didn't capitalize as much as I could have. I definitely could have had a bigger bag, like pre fishing there. And the first day of pre fishing, um, I literally got to this spot and it was actually set. I'm sorry, first day of pre fishing was for me was Thursday and I struck out. Like I caught a couple fish, but it was like not good. Um, Friday, I when it was terrible conditions, I ended up getting out to this the spot. I ended up fishing for the tournament and I was out on the lake for maybe five minutes. My buddy didn't even get his boat in yet um who was with me and uh i was out there and by, by the time he came over i already had the fish man it was my i rolled over i saw it on the graph i dropped shot down and i pulled up it was, like, it was a five over five pounds i didn't have a scale with me but 20 and a half inch smallmouth i mean those fast the fish up there were just eating they were just thick you know they looked like slabs and uh i'm like wow this is pretty cool i didn't know if it was a one-off and then i went a couple seconds pulled up like another one that was like 18 and pulled up like another one that was, i'm like all right i'm done fishing over here i'm trying to figure out some other stuff and then um I got a little distracted because I, I did well and we caught him and a couple other guys were fishing there and I ended up making a run across the lake. And every time I did do that, it was, it was a couple miles, you know, and if you're only doing three miles an hour <laughs> with the trolling motor, it literally ate up just a ton of time. And uh, that's what happened day two is that spot seemed like it was a little played out. I think I was, I thought that the fish had moved out, but I think they actually just went down to the bottom. Um, cause I found out later on, my buddies picked them up and they were still catching a couple down there, but I ended up looking for a duplicate spot that looked very similar and ran across the lake for it. I just ended up chasing, chasing the clock and looking for spots and scanning when I could, should have just slowed down. But, um, like I said, that kind of helped me on day one too, though, because everybody was stuck in that one spot and I ended up making a move across the lake and that's what ended up filling up those last fish I submitted that, that worked. So, I mean, sometimes it plays and sometimes it doesn't, you know, you just got to, that's fishing though, I guess. So how, how many people were fishing in your area? Was it? Um, there was um, like six, seven of us. Okay. And you said that. First day, day one, there was probably 18 people and they all launched and I have no idea where they even went to. They just like launched out of the same launch and I'm not sure where they all went to and they all just disappeared. And I was honestly like only like a couple minutes from the launch. Like, <laughs> so you, you, you like, got oh, like, oh man, everybody is here. This Going yeah, I, I thought it was going to be off when I got out there and no one was even there where I found the big fish. So, This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And you were talking about running across the lake and we were kind of talking before you said that lakes like a couple miles wide. And yeah. That's yep. That's yeah, no, it, it, it's nuts. Like you know, and, it, and you're out there and you got the boats going across, man. There's times I'm sitting out there and I'm like, not so worrisome with the, the I'm pretty agile on the kayak and standing up and turning around and doing my thing. But, um, 
like I, I'd be, I got caught off guard a couple times where like I was like literally like one of those things like way up like four footers you know like just big waves that were out there and it was it was kind of like when you're watching on like the Great Lakes the MLF guys and stuff in the boats that are just taking it it was just that, like that's that all out I can there, picture you know? in my head yeah it was the same thing yep it was pretty wild um so that's insane well you definitely had a good day and so you you said you've never seen anything like it that clear is that your first time out there. No, that's my second time, um, okay. which last time was uh, last year's KBF event. Um, there's 130 anglers. That's the one Greg Blanchard actually fished. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up getting 13th out of 130 in that one, so I just just missed it. Um, but that was in the spring, so that was a total different deal. Um, last year, I was, I was in a similar spot, actually, but uh, all my fish were on a jerkbait. I wasn't, they were all in like 18, not even 8 to 15 feet of water. Um, and they were just schooled up. I had my limit there, I think within like the first 15 or 25 minutes. Um, and it, we just hammered them. It was all day, like nonstop action. Like, and that was like, kind of like same story across the lake. Cause they were just chomping. It was like the, the, the pre-spawn like feed on, you know? Yeah. And now everything's obviously dog days of summer. Everything's out in the middle of the lake and just kind of cruising around. That's definitely like my weak point. Something I want to work on is to yeah when they when they go offshore like that that's just i just don't have that game yet yeah i, I got the drop I, shot i just don't have it offshore i haven't <laughs> been at see i was never i was never a drop shot guy I mean, this is the first time it's actually really pulled through for me i i've just never had the um the confidence to throw it and it i just never really delivered for me um jerk bait's kind of probably been my my go-to bait on a lot of the fisheries that i kind of run to because it just catches fish and i just I can run and gun, you know, move around a little bit, do my thing. And um, the drop tie just done the patience. And I'll say that the live scope from Garmin de obviously definitely helped me with the confidence ability because at least I know I'm fishing for, for something because I can see fish down there. You can't always distinguish what they are. I mean, you start to get better with it. But uh, I've also, like, sat and drop shotted, like, fish that were not bass and ended up pulling them up quite a few times. So it can hurt you. I can't stand when I'm – like, I'll graph over a school – like we have the clear lake I was talking about we have here. I'll graph over a school, drop down on them, think I'm doing it right, start feeling the bites and start reeling up, you know, stripe or white bass. Yeah. Like, I've honestly <laughs> almost thought for this specific reason with the live scope, um, my buddy has one. Uh, I, I was thinking about getting, I have the bigger one for ice fishing, but I don't have a small one on aqua view, like the little pocket size one. Just so like if you, when you're pre-fishing stuff and you get across some of these schools, you can just drop the camera down and actually see what's going on in some of these clear lakes, you know? Um, just seems like it would be, uh, a logical approach. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so were you, were you dead sticking a lot too, or were you? Yeah, were you I was, but I'm telling you, man, like I, it was, I wasn't even so much dead sticking. Uh, they were a little more aggressive day two, I would say. Um, but they were like, again, they're on the bottom. So they just basically shut me out because here's like the bottom when you, when you're looking at like the graph, like electronics, like you have this flat bottom and, and if there's something laying on there, you can't really see it, you know, like you don't know it's there, but when they're like right here, it's game on. I know the fish is there. So when they yeah. go down to the bottom, it's like kind of a middle finger to me, you know what I mean? Like, so now I don't know where they're at. And yeah. my whole, my whole approach of what I was doing just kind of completely changed because I was literally specifically seeing one fish just cruising around like, and I'd be like, Boop cast right over to it and then if it did it would drop down past it and that's where the quarter ounce was kind of effective because it fell just fast enough that the fish yeah. could like chase it down and pick it up if it was any heavier it would kind of just like blow right by him and i don't think they would have had a chance to pick it up like they did and uh honestly i think a little bit of a lighter weight may even would have been better but it was just too deep and you would have like even with the quarter you had to wait so long for it to get down you know 
and you yeah. would have just not got as many casts in. So I'd cast it out. I'd watch the fish. He'd follow it down to the bottom, and then he'd kind of just like, all right, he'd go back up. So then I'd kind of rip it up and just like dangle it in front of his face and just follow him all the way up. And then sometimes he'd pick it up, but a lot of the times he was grabbing it as soon as it went to the bottom. Like he'd see it fall and they'd come down. I'd just leave it sit there. They'd pick it up off the bottom and that was it. That's wow. what they say, man. That's like straight video game fishing right there. Yeah, that's, the that's how I wrote it up on, on my post. I mean, that's what it was. It was like playing a video game, you know, I was just staring at my graph all day. I got done. I was literally fishing, like bent over and hunched up looking at my graph. Like, and <laughs> that just, I got home and I was just kind of like stiff, you know, I'm just trying to figure it was a long day. And the sun, the sun was against us out there for sure. Uh, I don't know if Mike could tell you when he comes back too, but man, I got, I was just wiped out like day two. I, I think that's what kind of hurt me. Like I didn't really get as much sleep as I wanted on day one. Um, after that tournament was over, I was kind of celebrating a little bit and just didn't get, get to sleep early. And I woke up and I was just sitting in that sun after three days of being out there. And like the fourth day, I literally at times just felt like falling out of the boat. You know, it was just so hot and that sun never gave up. There was never any like shade. And it was just, we were in the dead center of that lake. And you're taking like, like literally going like this nonstop for like eight hours on those waves. You know, and it, just, <laughs> it wears you out for sure. Dodging pleasure boaters and jet skis. Oh, and- yeah. I, honestly, he had it way worse than me. I mean, they were bad by me, but they weren't they weren't as bad as down down where he was at. Yeah, I'm back. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I have no idea what happened. I'm sorry. He had to go address some of these hot comments real quick. Yeah. That's about part of the course time-wise, too. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm locked showing up eggplants and stuff up here in the comments. So we have, we yeah, that's – I got I got a big group of buddies that just been making fun of me all day about being on a podcast. And they're like, they were like, if you don't shout out the chat, we're going to harass you to death. So, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys, I don't mean to ruin your comment section. These guys are jerks. No, it's not. <laughs> but hey, at least you got eyeballs. You know, let's go. <laughs> Yo, you could, Mike. You, Mike, you could, you, you could have put up like a Mike joined a private chat thing or something. You know, uh, yeah. what's up? I know. <laughs> yeah. So, is there a certain drop shot bait y'all like? Or I'm curious if y'all were using the same one or same totally boat. different. Yeah, oh, well, actually, kind of, I, th- I think early on we were the same because I was mostly yeah. with the finesse shads, uh, Z Man, and I ran through them. Uh, I think we were both on black too because we uh, we chatted a, a little bit before the show, and I ran through like so many of them. I'm like, well, there's three bait shops, so one of them has to have, and, and like none of them had anything, you know. Um, so, but day two, I, I went with a. Uh, I actually just started playing around with a. Uh, six inch zoom finesse worm just being like maybe a bigger profile or trigger a bigger bite you know um which i wouldn't say that it did but they like ate the hell out of it i mean it was like i mean i caught a lot of fish day two you know like and i caught so many 15 inches and i just like could not upgrade you know and uh, um like i mean i don't know if you guys follow it again the way it happened for me it was like nuts i mean i'm sure we'll get to that but it was like like honestly like a crazy movie or something like it was just nuts how it went down in the end so um yeah so, tell us about uh, it man. take us into it yeah I was about to say. Well, well, well yeah as you know so like day one I, I think i mentioned that you know it was all really close um i felt like i had a spot that could win you know i knew there were good fish there and with 15 minutes left hook into a just a pig and i just my gear was just beat to death you know i caught a lot of fish a lot of 
just, you know, I, I should have retied at some point, but I was just like in the frenzy, you know, and I just, it was my last one. My other two were beaten up so bad. And I lost that fish with like 15 minutes left. And again, it was a big fish. Like, I mean, it took a lot of drag. Um, I caught a few big fish over the, you know, four or five days that I was there, you know, and it was, it was definitely a big fish that I thought, you know, I would have had a shot at first or second. So now like fast forward to day two, I go out, drop in first cast literally within like 30 seconds, catch a 16 inch or I'm like, Oh, all right, here we go. Um, and then throughout the day, it was just like 15, 15, 15. Then I start to second guess. I'm like, man, you know, you're like five hours in. I'm like, I, I just don't know that I'm going to get the big bite, you know, but then, then I'm thinking, what else are you going to do? And I'm checking the standings. No one else is getting the big bite, you know? And I'm like, all right, well, I'm right there. I know these fish are here. Like, I know there's a big class here. They just have to turn on. Um, on my graph, like, I could legitimately see, like, you would see giant schools of, like, just bait, everything else, and then, like, swoops under it. And then there were points where I would see two schools with, like, swoops in the middle. Like, I could, I could see fish actively feeding and just, like, it was just mayhem, you know? There were so many fish there, and this one little, like, submerged point you know and it, it was i was i was more you know i was closer to like uh i was getting a lot of the better fish in like 40 feet you know and got plenty in 30 but anything under 30 just did not work for me you know um it was all things if anything you know um so i went the whole day you know was doing well i knew i was right there I already had that you know incident the day before where i'm like i really think that could have been a winning fish uh, what was it? 45 minutes left hook into a big one, just scream and drag. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm like, I know like an 18 is going to put me right there. I'm like, I don't know about the lead. I, I wasn't even bothering with that. I was like, but I know it's going to put me right there, you know, get him in the boat. It was like eight over 18, probably like 18 and a quarter, just say 18 for whatever, you know, get him on the um, catch board. So the, the one drawback I would say to the sportsman is that with my Titan, I could get, um, the board in the floor, you know? So even if they jumped, I could still kind of like deal with it, you know? So with that, they made these slots where your, um, catch board will like kind of fit in, which is sweet. I mean, it, it's secure, but the problem is you're like up on the rail. Oh, so right. they, yeah. And I, I usually set it up. If you look at my pictures, like you can see my nets right there. But it was like the Matrix, man. Like, he jumped so hard and just – it was like slow motion, missed the net, and gone. And I was like – like, I went nuts. Like, nuts, you know. And, and then at that point, I mean, it took me like five minutes just to get to that point, you know. So now now we're at like 40 minutes left, and I'm, I'm like losing my mind, you know. I'm like so pissed off. I'm like, that was it. I can't believe it happened two days in a row. And then I'm like literally talking to myself out loud. I'm like just – focus i'm like just get back in it like this you never know like weirder things have happened maybe a school moved in because this spot just like reloads you know there's like a lot and i'm like i was literally talking to myself i'm like stop like stop you know basically stop being a bitch like just get back into it stop like stop stop crying and go you know it's like still time to go so i like i was so flustered i couldn't even like get the get my bearings you know i'm like trying to read the graph like and I'm like, all right, man, get back on the school. So, like, I finally just motor around. I'm like, just focus on one task, you know. So, I'm, like, looking at the graph, find the school. I'm like, okay, there they are again, you know, and drop down. Now there's about 30 minutes left. And 
I'm like, there's no way, you know, I just work seven and a half or however many hours it is. I don't know to get that one big bite. No chance. I'm, you know, I'm like slim to none and go down there, hook into one. Doesn't feel that big. I get him like a few feet and then he just gone. Like it was just like, like peel and drag. And I was like, Oh Jesus. Like, I can't believe this is happening, you know? And so he's just taking drag, taking drag, get him in the boat. And that one, I mean, I was so careful. I got him up. I, th- I can't remember if that was like an 18 or 17 and a half, whatever it was. It was good fish. I think it put me in second, but again, I didn't even check. I, I-, I felt as if I needed one more. And I'm like, so again, now there's like 15 minutes left. It, like, as it turns out, I think it had me in second. Um, and I'm like, you know, again, how could I possibly catch another one? Yeah. Worked all day. What are the odds? You know, drop down. And just like dead sticking, kind of panicking a little because there's 15 minutes and I'm like not seeing a ton. There were swoops down there. There were definitely fish, but it wasn't like the big school. And I literally go like to start cranking up and just move up a few feet. And I cranked it like four times. And this is like one of the luckiest things of the whole day is so when I was fighting the fish, I would uh, I never had my drag tight, you know, but but tighter to get a hook set. Cause I was kind of just reeling into them, not hitting them super hard. Um, and then I would loosen the drag like a lot, you know, and just let them do what they're going to do, wear themselves out. I had 40 feet of water to work with. What are they, you know, so yeah, long as they don't shake it. Yeah. You know, so coincidentally enough, as I'm cranking up, he hits and I had forgotten to tighten my drag back up, which I think if I had like cranking it in like that, he might've just ripped it off. And I was like, he just took it and starts peeling line again. And I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure. And I'd have to double check. I mean, like my brain's fried, but I, it, I think it was a 17, five and an 18 or what, whatever it was, it was two big fish in the last 30 minutes to after losing one off the board for the second day, you know, it was a different way, but lost two in like the last hour, both days that were like my only mistakes really that I was like, Oh my God. And then it happened like that with like 30 minutes left. And it was just like, when I was going back in, I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, and you know, it was just like insane that it just turned on that last like half an hour, you know? And it's, it just, I mean, there's some luck there for sure, you know, but, but it's like, if there's a lesson or a takeaway, it's just like, you got to hang in, you know, it's just, you just never know, yeah. man. Yeah. And, and if you, yeah. And if you know, you got a spot <laughs> and you know, they're there, like, you know, like sooner or later, you know, it, it, it could happen. And it's just like, you just keep going, you know? And it's, it's um, I was real close just getting in full like meltdown mode, you know? And it, it was just kind of like, you know, you just got to pull it together and go. And then it paid off. I got a little lucky and, and, uh, and, you know, it just happened. So it was, it was awesome though. I mean, super intense, you know? And meanwhile, like this is all happening while I'm fighting like crazy chop and like water coming over the, the side at points, you know? And I'm like, this is just mental, like, you know, with the boat traffic and stuff. And like, it didn't even sink in what was happening until like a few hours later, I'm in my truck driving home and I'm just like, what, what was that? Like, you know, the whole, the whole thing, you know, it was just like, what just happened? Like that, that was crazy, you know? So um, it was pretty intense, man. It was, it was awesome. You know, the whole, the way the whole weekend came together was cool. It's so. crazy. Same batteries, same boat, same technique, same like kind of structure, deep, small. Yeah. It, well, yours were mixed and yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Y'all both found that pattern. 
held up two days and and it worked out for you yeah i don't yeah. think there was a guy out there with you know without without a drop shot on i think it was just a matter of like i said being able to have the confidence like just to keep the bait there in front of them and not just pull it up and cast out a lot of times drop shot you cast it out and they're trying to reel it up you just literally have to sit there and, yeah. and then you got the people yeah. doing this you know what i mean like it was literally just midway usa brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high quality technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices if you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Like not doing nothing, just waiting. And then half the time, it was funny Mike just mentioned that. That's something that really stands out. All, all of my big fish. I hook it, I'm reeling it in. I'm like, oh, it's another, like another spade fish or something else small I caught. I, and then every single one of those big ones I caught, like the 17 pluses, which throughout the three days, I probably caught 10 of them. Um, they all, just not all during the tournament days, unfortunately, but the, um, they, they just got right to the top. And then it's like, as soon as they got like, like five foot, from yeah. the surface, they just <laughs> yeah. see you, Other way. you know, they're out yeah. of here. And, uh, yeah. cause you, you never knew, like, you, I, I, and then I caught like little small mouth like this and I'm like, Oh, it might be a good one. <laughs> it gets up and it like, like <laughs> pops up out of the water. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You talk about like the dead stick and everything like my, you, you, you know, Mike was talking about how it's, it's hard to slow down, hard to be patient with it. The best mm -hmm. days I've had on a drop shot were when I finally would throw it out there and just basically not pay attention to it. I mean, you're paying attention to it, but like I, I'm, don't think about that it's tournament time, you know, try not to worry about how much time it takes up. But that's when, you know, like you were saying, like four or five minutes into it soaking and then boom, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And Same I, I mean, like a, yeah, sorry. No, I was gonna say, I think Mike might have mentioned with the with his rod and like a sensitive rod, like the St. Croix, like I said, it was just a, like an Avidex I was using. Um, but most of the bites, like I, I had the live scope to see them, but even then, um, a lot of the bites, man, it was just like, I would, I would every, I just wait a couple seconds and just kind of feel like for weight, you know, like, and yeah. then I would just check that. Like, but like, you, like, honestly, a lot of, a lot of the bites, the, when they came on the bottom, when it was dead stick, like you, I, I don't, I don't think that even with an NRX or anything, you would have like felt like what the, what the deal was, man. I mean, they were just like putting it in their mouth and not even moving, you know, and until you like went to lift up on them, you didn't know. And that's when it was kind of tough. Cause some of those bigger ones, it's like, if you gave them a little pressure, they just kind of swam right up with it. And that's why like, you didn't really get it. Like, you're like, what, what's going on? You don't even know if you have a fish and then they're just like, Oh, and then it takes off, you know, and it was just strange, you know? And I, again, without, without my, uh, my exact setup, without the spot lock, the, the Garmin and the live scope, you know, like in, in my amped outdoor batteries, the copies keep the whole thing running. Like I, I really don't think you throw me in like a regular, the, the regular Hobie kayak I was fishing last year is let me go out there with, just a plane like that, I don't think I would have been able to finish that good. You know, like not a chance, not the way I was fishing anyway. I mean, he Mike yeah. sounded like he found a, he found a couple good spots. Like, but again, I was roaming football fields. You know, just to take an individual fish out. Um, wasn't going to be able to do that without that stuff. So, well, there. I mean, well, now that we're at the end of the show, we want we always want to give everybody a chance to shout out anybody. It makes it easier for you, Ryan. We'll, we'll start with you. Uh, you said amped out, amped outdoors, the old town sportsman and uh, anything, anybody else you'd like to shout out? Yeah. I mean, really um, primarily amped outdoors because, you know, I, this is my second year going at this thing and um, I'm just a, a newbie at uh, I'd say going on, like I said, last year was my real rookie year going in the KBF and 
had a good run out and this but to get this first trail win on my second year into it i feel pretty pretty good about that and um amped outdoors really would be the big shout out you know they gave me a, a sponsorship helped me out a little bit with me being a nobody no big no big victories or no big resume there and uh and now i finally got a win for him which makes me feel good you know derek he's sponsored with amped outdoors too he's he second place right behind me on day one. Yeah, um, like, so, I mean, Am Amped Outdoors really pounding them in, you know, so uh, <clears throat> great, great batteries, great, great price compared to whatever a lot of the other people have out there, you know, and um, if anybody's real interested in moving forward and they want to get a hold of me, I give you a little coupon code to get a, a discount if you want to send me a private message or something for it. And, uh oh, um, oh, he brings and, a discount. Uh, We're going to have to bring I him like it. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as um, other than that, you know, it's just, um, not sponsored with, with anybody else. It's just old town. You know, that autopilot does work really well. Mike brought up a valid point though. Um, and it's actually the same point that my, my dad has a blue sky and he had a hard time. He had a couple of giants and they jumped right off his lap. Cause on the blue sky, you're sitting up on the chair. Yeah. So you got that on your lap and like, man, those smallmouth like it's a battle trying to take a picture yeah. of those things. You know, they like, I'm literally both hands on them. And then I'm trying to like switch hands of the camera. And when I do that, blah, it, 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 it's, it's brutal. And, uh, especially with those big ones. And I put, I had basically to hold my, my, I figured it out with Mike too. I don't know if you were doing this, but I kind of cocked the, uh, my catch board in sideways and I was kind of like taking a picture out of him at an angle just to get a quick picture on the board and then kind of leveling them out and then trying to like finesse it to make sure I got all my inches and my, all my quarters, you know, and, um, it was just, uh, it was difficult. And the thing about that is the only thing, the only recommendation I have with like, the old town is, like I said, just the, the wider hole is probably my only negative about the whole boat. Other than that, I completely love it. I think it's an excellent product. The spot locks on point, everything about it. I love, except you're a little narrow inside there and the catch board doesn't fit down inside. And that's, that's the only thing for me. That's kind of a heartbreak because, uh, some of the other kayaks where it fits flat on your floor, you got a big safety cushion, you know, it bounces up and you got like sideboards at the, that he can't get out. Cause I tell you more, more so than losing a fish on the line, you got a better chance of losing one jumping off the board, I think, especially with them small mouth. Um, so yeah, other than, other than that, I mean, um, Garmin electronics, you know, um, not getting not a sponsor with them, but they, uh, they, they've come through for me more than once. Uh, I was actually on the, on ABC, I think it actually, the story made it on the news. I was in Lackawanna state park here and I found a sunken car. Um, and they ended up having been a big story and they ended up pulling this car out, which was involved in a crime years ago with stealing ATMs and all kinds of other stuff. And it was there for like 10 years and no one knew it was there. And I just, I saw it on my live scope one day fishing the challenge. And I'm like, yo, there's a car right there. There's bass in it. I was trying to catch them and no luck, but, um, but yeah, they, they ended up, yeah, they ended up going and pulling that thing out the next day. So Garmin amped outdoors and, and, um, my, my batteries, you know, that's, that's the, that's the deal for me. I mean, that's the, that's the trifecta, the trifecta, like, if you will, to make it all happen. Very cool. How about you, Mike? Uh, well, this is my rookie year in KBF. Um, so, I mean, I have a first, a six and 11, so I'm, I'm probably right around top 20 or maybe a little better. So hopefully somebody, uh, this might give this give me man something. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and you know what's funny, too? Like, Ryan and I, sim you know, a lot of similar setups. I run a Garmin as well. I just got the UHD. Um, I had a smaller, like, Striker 5 on my Titan and upgraded. I mean, honest to God, played a, a major part. Like, it, re it really did, you know, with the side scan. And, like, I'd see fish, you know, 40 feet to the right and, like, able to get on them, way like, way better than I would have, you know, otherwise. Um so it's, you know, we, we really had a lot of things in common, which is kind of interesting, you know, with, with how the turn tournament went. Um, and I think they all like really genuinely played. And I can say that like, as a guy that's not sponsored, you know, like that stuff really did, um, 
you know, come in handy. And, and I think played a huge part in the win, you know, um, and, and even some of the other guys that did well that you mentioned, you know, run spot lock, have boats that can go offshore. I mean, it's, it is an advantage, you know, and the, yeah. I know there's a lot of debate about it with like, you know, you have like the Hobie series that doesn't allow. And then, you know, but, but to me, it's, you know, everyone has the, that's why I made the switch. It was pretty clear to me that like, if you like offshore fishing, that boat is just a mint setup, you know, and it's about as good as you can do. Um, I think personally, um, so no, no sponsors yet, but, um, you know, hope, hoping maybe soon, maybe one day, I don't know. I, I gotta keep winning, I guess. You've already at least got a fan club with Rebecca Alvarez. So, <laughs> Dude, I, I can tell you the story about that because that that is a. I you want to, no, it's not. All right, I, I should tell you after because it's not. You'll laugh, and and I can blow up. All right, never mind. It's it's it has to do with with a buddy who's running a, a an account, and it's it's funny because it, it's I can't I can't tell it. I mean, there's there's a. PG thirteen. It's funny. It's not dirty. It's just like it, if you knew what it was, you'd be like, "Oh my god, that's funny!" Like it's, <laughs> but I, I really, I really probably can't involves the law, law enforcement, and <laughs> it's just, it's a good, it's a good buddy of mine. That, like I, I probably shouldn't say too much, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's nothing bad, but it is funny. Well, good, so, good job, anyway. thanks, yeah. John. Good job, guys, and I'm. Uh, Good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully, we'll have yeah. you back on. You, you'll win another one. Sounds like y'all yeah. had a great season. So, I mean, uh, I'm yeah. glad we were able to finally get y'all on. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Thanks for doing what you do. The, the exposure is making it grow, and it's uh, that's that's good for everybody. You know, all of us. So, you guys, you guys doing this, you know, and and I don't, I think it's a little goes on a little unspoken, and not, and, and you guys, what you're doing is really, really, as Mike mentioned, is is really at the forefront of what's kind of leading kayak fishing and getting the, the PR that it needs to keep growing. So, um, appreciate what you do. Well, we appreciate it. We, we just, I mean, we get to talk about fishing and get to highlight some people who had a great week and learn a little bit of the juice. And you guys are just, you just sit there and get all the guys on trying to get fishing spots and notes and all the stuff of all the good spots. And you're just gonna <laughs> join the field and no one's going to stand a chance of what's happening. Yeah. You that give me like two years of info and you <laughs> people find out more information and then maybe being able to go fish later, you know, it's, it's it definitely has its perks for sure. Yeah, we appreciate y'all guys, and yeah, y'all have fun, and we'll we'll talk to you for too long. All right, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Take yeah. care. As always, uh, another great show with two great anglers. Dang, I meant to ask him. I didn't look. I'm gonna have to look. I was wondering if Lake George is like upstate New York. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I don't know. It's New York. That's that's far enough for me. Yeah, it's up. It's there. all the same place to me. Well, yeah. you have like the city, the waterfall, and the rest. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So as always, we go over the tournaments that were happening the rest of the week. Uh, first, you had the KBF Super Trail, and and if you we as always we say that we keep it at thirty anglers and or more for these tournaments because there's so many. But if you have a smaller club, holler at either me or Jimmy, and we'd be happy to talk about your club as always. Uh, first KBF Super Trail on Clear Lake two-day event, 75 anglers. Uh, this was their big one, the two-day one. Uh, Russ Snyders went out there and kicked everybody's butt, uh, 175 and three-quarter. He, he did used to be uh, – where was he a guide? Was it Clear Lake or a Delta? 
It was clear, I think. I'm pretty sure it was clear late. I think, I think so, too. So, I mean, uh, the man knows the water. He just had to come back home and make sure everybody knew he was still around. Hey, do, do y'all remember me? I, I used to live out here. I mean, how many people, honest to God, though, saw, like, you know, signed up for that event, saw his name, and were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why? He doesn't have enough stuff to fish out there in Tennessee. And, yeah. That, I mean, he could stay out there if he wants to. Yeah, I'm sure he could. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'd be okay. Mike Enson second at 186 and a half. Greg Blanchard third, 184 and a half. Damian Townsend, that guy's on a run, 182 and a quarter. And Taz Mua, that dude is also on a run. So that top five is just stacked. stacked. Yeah, I mean, those are people that you hear about every week just killing it. Uh, next up, one of the most interesting tournaments in the whole country and only at 21 anglers, but the Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers Ch- Chattanooga, they had their classic. That's a three-day Ironman tournament. Like three days, you can fish a whole time, almost a whole 36 hours. You can fish at night the whole time. It's it's very cool. Uh, first place, Brandon Strock with 102 and a three-quarter whooped everybody. He's, uh, he's AJ, good. Yeah. AJ he, uh, he got fifth in our event down here in Alabama. He's killer angler. Yeah, well, Mr. Hobie himself, AJ McWhorter with 90 and a half, and Robert Barnett with 89 inches. And then Virginia Kayak Bass Challenge, a uh, big ba- yeah, bass challenge on Chickahominy River, 33 anglers. Steve Bishop first and with 85 inches. Rodney Williams, 78 and a quarter. And Bruce Deal with 74 and a half. So congratulations, them. Next up, Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail on Columbus Rivers, 55 anglers. Uh, Neil Farley, 74 and three quarter. Chris Hannigan, 74 inches. And Travis Von Newman, 73 inches. And then Queen City KBF, they had their, and they do this every year, uh, Emerald Charity, it's for a school. Uh, that event was on Lake Lakes Wiley and Norman, had 112 anglers, four fish limit. Uh, number one was Lowell Brannon, 68 and three quarter. Uh, again, it's only four fish. Joey Randall in second with 30, 68 inches and Frank Wolf with 62 and a quarter. Then you had Mo Yak on Palm de Terre, 60 anglers. Uh, Brandon Beetle with 93 and a quarter. Tommy Propes with 91 and three quarters. So a huge gap there. And James Harding in third with 80 inches. And then you had Bam Bassin. That's a club down in Louisiana. And they're usually a smaller club, but uh, this time they had 39 anglers. I think it's the first time we've ever been able to bring them up. Uh, I always see them. They do a lot of tournaments, but it's usually a little bit lower participation. So congratulations to them having a big event. Uh, Derek Weber first with 85 and three quarter. Andrew Green with 81 and three quarter. And Adam Patron with 81 inches. Uh, Natural State Kayak Anglers on North Beaver. This was a Roadrunner, 55 anglers. Anglers, Devin Aseri with 77 inches. Justin Brewer, 76. And Justin Kinsey with 75 and three quarter. Uh, Nebraska Kayak Anglers had a, they had an MLF style event and, uh, it only had 13 anglers, but from 6:30 to 2 in this MLF style event, somebody had Pat, L- Pat Lasek had 412 inches. God. 412. I mean, I would not want to be judging this dang tournament. That and you got to think about it. You think about when you're fishing. Like, let's just say your averages are like 14 inch, 15 inch fish, or like a bag full of 16s. That's still a lot. 
of freaking fish. That's a lot of fish. <laughs> so I had to bring that one up. Second up. And so Pat Lasak had 412. Second place, Marty Hughes, one of the best anglers in the country. Marty. He had 297. So he got 130. Yeah. Uh, yeah 116 <laughs> inches. That is ridiculous. And, and it's only till two o'clock, too. It's not even like, you know, a long day. And then last but not least, Michigan Big Bass Kayak League, they had their championship, 38 anglers. First place was Terry Horak with 19 and a half, uh, Sean Dowling, 19 inches, and Alex Roberts with 80, 18 and a half. So congratulations to all the winners. And, yep, another good week. Get talk about a interesting tournament up there and somewhere we don't ever get to fish. So, yeah, it was Just fun. Another lake on my list of places I need to go. Yeah, I remember seeing that one on um, one of Greg Blanchard's videos whenever he fished up there. I, I remember specifically, it's like he was fishing an island with a house. I can't yeah. remember, but he was fishing isolated boulders. It must be a different time of the year. because I just want to try that. Like uh, Being able to see that much, you know, pick out a fish like he's talking about, and just I just want to do that. That sounds so cool. It sounded like a lot of fun until he started talking about ice, and then you lost me. Oh, I want to do that, too. Yeah, man, I was up in Maine for six months with the in the Air Force in Bangor, and it snowed in June. I said, "This isn't for me." No, that's my kind of weather. Like it got, we were in Wisconsin last week, and it got down to like sixty one night, and I was in heaven. I was like, "Oh, see, I'm good with that." But it's a uh, really cold. It just stuff. gave me a taste. It's you know a cool, dry night, sixty degrees in August. I could be up there for the. You know, you're driving past closed down ski resorts. Did you try the spotted cow? I've always heard about that beer. I've never had it. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, my 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 buddy uh, Hummel he uh, messaged me and said, "When you're up there, bring me home three cases of spotted cow." And I was like, "What?" And then I went and tried it, and it's killer. Is it good? Oh uh, yeah. What, what kind of beer is it? I honestly don't even know. Like, it has the most like non-informative label ever. <laughs> and uh like it doesn't tell you how many percent it is or anything it is so like just here's our brand here's our beer but it's it tastes like like a domestic like full beer like a miller but it's got way more flavor but i bought a lot of it so i'll bring you some because it's pretty all right good. yeah i gotta give you those reels i gotta get that board and that that he has my brand new catch board that new carbonite board i'm I forgot it because, like, you know, I was out of town and I it's in my work truck because I was trying to bring it to you before I left. Yeah. And I opened up my work truck this morning and was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> Bet you he wants that. Now, what we'll have to meet up one day this week. Yeah, I appreciate everybody as always. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week for another great show. And uh, we'll have some more people from somewhere else in the country. So, as always, thanks for listening and wear your PFDs. See you next have, have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn. 
on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. 